Splash 322 for throwing fire. We're keeping it there's no doubt that the game has changed and we are changing with it welcome to season two because in this season it is all about how we become and stay operational how we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job i'm your host jeff fanman Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. This podcast is brought to you as a part of the Operational Mindset Foundation. Our mission is to mentally, physically, and emotionally prepare you for the challenges you're going to face on and off the job. It's funded through donations, sponsorships, and our work with departments across the U.S. Get involved with us by visiting opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org. There you can find out how to bring a new level of training to your department and how to help us expand the conversation. Now, let's fire up today's episode. All right, welcome back to Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Benman. Today with me, I asked my good friend, Drew Williams, who is a captain of SWAT team and a uh, major metro uh, law enforcement department organization here in the Denver metro regional area. Uh, and I asked Drew to come on today and see if we could uh, maybe just talk about the current situation, current circumstances, things are going on, you know, we're probably running around like chickens with our head cut off or we're stuck at home sick. You know, there's a lot of complexity going on right now in the environment and the situations kind of uh, at hand. And so I thought Drew might be able to come in, give us some thoughts, his thought feeling approach, what's going on, how he's leading effectively now. Uh, and I know we got a lot of leadership that listens to the podcast across both the fire service, law enforcement community, military world. And so Drew, thanks for joining today. Jeff, what's going on, brother? Hey, I'm honored uh, to be back a part of it. Yeah. I'll give you uh, maybe my two cents, a little bit of what's going on and these unprecedented kind of chaotic times for all of us, I'm sure here, uh, not only in the metro area, but uh, across the country and across the world, actually. So excited to be here. Thank you so yeah. much for having me back, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I think this is, uh, I think, you know, I'd like to just kind of have a unique perspective conversation because I think core fundamentally, you know, emergency response is dealing with probably the same, you know, like you said, around the world, right? Across the globe. and mm-hmm. You know, when I, I mean, it seems like forever ago, but I reached out to a buddy today I used to work with, you know, back like 2000, 2001, when we were designing all the chemical and biological exercises, right? When we're dealing with the top off exercises and these national, you know, things that quote unquote could happen. And, you know, some of the biggest things you look at is, you know, rapid depletion of resources really doesn't matter number of infected in some cases right but just the scare you know the the fear the you know the drain on resources across the board like they're all going to happen they're all we're seeing that and it potentially is probably going to get a lot worse i don't know matt how are things going in your neighborhood yeah i think it's uh i mean i think you hit the nail on the head there it's pretty you know they they pay us to do this for a reason right you're always planning um (laughs) you know always anticipating the worst case scenarios always you know, trying to figure out what the best approach is on these things. And it's, it's kind of funny, especially in the, uh, in the tactical arena, you know, I mean, 
at most times you get your you know the eye rolling going and things like that'll never happen here kind of stuff and you're planning for it well <clears throat> i don't think we're any uh, more unique than anybody else that's out there but this has been kind of um a roller coaster of rides you know it's one of those things where um you know if it's a single act or if it's a person or act of terrorism or you know there's a single event you can kind of deal with things a little differently than you can with a spreading virus and so uh i think you saw everything here locally probably just did across the world of hey we're watching this crazy thing happen um you know <clears throat> overseas and is it actually going to get here and then when it starts getting here and creeping up on our doorsteps uh kind of that oh shit factor of it's it's here and then trying to anticipate and then even worse is when it actually comes knocking on your front door and so it's in every state yeah. that, uh, at least around us around here and it's even here in our local towns and our communities so uh, my challenge has been <clears throat> through this whole process is navigating the well let's even see if it even gets here to literally a landed my own agency uh, and so i'm trying to figure out our responses from those level has been daunting to say the least uh, every single day as something new and different yeah, man, I can imagine. I mean, like every day you walk in the office, every morning you're walking in the office, like, you know, numbers are up, different things are happening. Um, how are your people faring? How are, how, how much, of, let me ask you this question. Like how much of your workforce right now is incapacitated or out of scope? I mean, what's the, what's, what are you doing there? Well, that's a, I mean, again, great question. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, Monday, was a totally different Monday last yeah. week uh, was a different perspective than than Friday of last week. Sorry, my days are all run together. Uh, you know, Monday we start off clean slated and, and we don't have anybody sick or uh, having any kind of issues. And by Friday, you know, uh, eight and then half a dozen, uh, six to eight actually went out right away uh, throughout that work week. Um, again, the struggle we're running into is, is it particularly attached to the virus? Because right now they're not testing a whole lot of people mm -hmm. for it. Uh, but people are getting sick. And I think I kind of want to go back a little bit too. We, um, <clears throat> in several weeks leading up to this, uh, and probably three weeks ago now, we had, uh, you know, a pool of resources and we had all the CEOs in the, uh, the county and the area here, um, talking about this strategy and how we were going to set up our, uh, operations basically pressing forward because it was becoming real. And I think the most for, or the first traumatic event that we went through, which I'm, which I'm sure the rest of the country did too, was the closing of schools. Mm -hmm. So our depleting of resources were not uh, the virus issue. It was, well, one of us has to stay home. Mom or dad has to stay home. We have right. to do homeschooling. We have to, you know, run all this stuff. And you don't realize how many families are in first responders, how many uh, parents that has had to go home and learn to be a teacher at home. And so we lost, um, <clears throat> right away, we lost a good majority of our staff or, to be honest, the overwhelming pressing concern was what do I do with my kids? What do I do if it gets here? How do I not infect my family, but still maintain this profession that I'm in as a first responder? Uh, and it has been extremely daunting. Even the cases that I mentioned, uh, it's a daily conversation. It's a pleading with uh, medical professionals trying to get our tests moved mm -hmm. ahead, if we can, of others. Uh, and at this point, at least state of Colorado is pretty reluctant to move anybody's test ahead of anybody else's. Right. And so it's a waiting game. So it's really, really frustrating. Comes out Man, I think you hit the nail on the head there, you know, two, two real solid points here that I think departments are dealing with one, <clears throat> excuse me, after kind of dealing with crap myself for the last few days, 
uh, I may be coughing a little bit, sound a little scratchy, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I think two th two major things you deal with. One, there is kind of the perception that somehow uh, those of us in the response community are immune to <laughs> what's actually happening, yeah. right? We don't, you know, people don't <laughs> yep. think, oh, wait a minute, the fireman, the cop, you know, they've got kids too, right? They're in the same boat yes. I am, you know? So one, there's yes. that, there's a, there's like this phantom perception that somehow we're immune to getting sick. We're immune to, you know, our kids are still going to school. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's this, it's not even a thought really, right? Cause there's an expectation that, that we're Absolutely. always gonna be there. So there's that one piece that you need to deal with. And then, you know, like you were talking about, you know, then it becomes this, you know, prioritization of resources. I remember back, shit, I don't know, it had it been like 2000 or something, we were doing one of the biological exercises and we were in some small town, middle America. And I looked at the chief and said, you know, chief, you got to get that you're probably going to lose half of your department within the first week of this thing. Like they're going to go, I didn't sign up exactly. for this. I'm out. No, thanks. You know what I mean? I got to take care of my family, but they come first. I'm out. Um, you know, I think mm -hmm. as this thing drags on, is that a concern you've got that you'll, you know, that you'll see a, a dwindling force maybe by own self-selection in some ways? What's your thoughts there? Absolutely. I mean, I think there is the, uh, well, I think you have it on several different folds, right? Yes. I think it depends on where you sit in your, each individual agency or your response. I think we have those dedicated individuals that are the warriors of sense, right? Sure. That they don't care whether it's a virus, whether they care if it's a terrorist, whether they care if it's a natural yep. disaster, they're going to be here. They're going to work around the clock. And those are the ones that you have to mandate some kind of rest time mm -hmm. or, you know, take care of yourself kind of period um, all the way through. And, you know, God bless them. So those are people that we love to have. Uh, and then on the other aspect, I think you're having truthfully probably some first ever um, wake up calls mm -hmm. of like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Do I really want to go to work and potentially bring home something nasty to my infant, to my 10 year old, <laughs> 13 year old, whatever it is, my, my parents, my 70 year old parents. I mean, Personally, you know, uh, here, my wife and, <clears throat> and I have, uh, our parents are at risk. And so they are our primary source of daycare. And so you don't want to have those issues, but I am still expected to go to work. She is too, as a first responder. And so we have that fear of what are we going to get contaminated with and bring home? And then mm -hmm. how far do you go? Uh, yeah. So I think it's a, do you have a decon, do you have a decon station set up in your garage? <laughs> <laughs> right or do i even come home right we have you know the fall i'd rather go pay if i could and stay somewhere right and so even in our uh strategies here at our agencies we've tried to find um areas we can cordon off and keep people as far as if i do get exposed i can house and you know if i'm taking over a property and keep employees in a location that don't want to go home away from their their uh families and you know keep them safe mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's extremely it is extremely daunting. And again, I think it's unprecedented times. Um, I think I just, my phone's blowing up here because it sounds like uh, the Denver mayor just did something oh. here. Uh, let's see what he's saying here. They just ordered a stay home order as we're yeah. talking right yeah. here. So Denver, Denver, Colorado, where it's under a stay at home order now. So um, as you can see, as we're doing this show, things are un unraveling and uh, moving forward on us. And so right now, my mindset is, um, well, I think we can go back and talk through many layers of this, and you have a vast amount of experience in planning. Um, beyond the planning stages is then moving into 
you know, the civil disobedience and breakdown mm-hmm. of our society if we get to that level. And that's my role as a SWAT commander is to make sure how our our teams are in support, whether we go to a lockdown issue or whether we start to see rioting or upheaval start happening. How are we moving and shifting? And then again, I'm forced with the dynamic of these are husbands that have kids and families and what shift are we running? How much we expose them to? And then what do I expose them mm-hmm. to? Uh, and so it's been extremely extremely daunting yeah how are you i mean i you know we're kind of still we're, we're still fresh into this and you know from the looks of it this isn't it's not like this is going to like turn off next week you know what i mean uh and i yeah. think this is interesting differently yeah. than you know I, I this is where i always got into it before you know pre 9 11 and even post 9 11 when the whole chem bio stuff was really hot to trot Right. Uh, still, even mm-hmm. in those in those phases, you kind of have a an endpoint, if you will. Right. I mean, there is a containment yes. opportunity. Uh, very few, you know, of the the weapons that were being looked at were, you know, extremely contagious and those things. So you didn't necessarily have you have more of a fear factor because it came, you know, in a mode of an attack or it came in this, it came in that. Here, you know, you have an influenza, you have a, you have an active, highly contagious, uh, highly persistent virus, right? That, and that's what we're dealing with from a, from a technical standpoint, uh, you know, that we don't know how long it's going to, you know, what the lifespan of this is going to look like, you know, we can learn, you know, what are, are we getting real info from China or not? How's Italy managing through their stuff, right? How the ones that are coming before us, where are we? We may be able to put some projections in place, but truthfully, we don't know, right? I mean, like you said, schools could be closed for the remainder of the year or school year. You know, that's uh, that's a pretty devastating impact on uh, on the population in general. Just that alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the economic impacts mm-hmm. of this is is more of kind of the thought process, I guess I would say is. I'm not downplaying by any means this no. virus. Um, my mind shifted pretty right away to uh, out of school, out of work, out mm-hmm. of income, desperate. You know, how when we hit this 30 day period here in Colorado, we hit, uh, hey, I haven't got a paycheck in a month. Yeah. I haven't got food. I haven't got, uh, and then you're talking about opportunity. So then you're talking about, well, do I go hit my neighbor's house or do I go down mm-hmm. the business? Uh, what do I do? You know, and I think in desperate times, that's where. Which, what's unique about this isn't, isn't as acute as an active shooter right. or as, like you said, a terrorist act or something that's instantaneous. And we have this moment in time, which is horrific, but we can come out of it. This, as we keep ticking off the time frame here, um, is going to become problematic. And that is what we're trying to anticipate is, A, now I have to, how do I deal with uh, the virus coupled with um, criminal activity and the criminal element? And heaven forbid... Um, you know, people start getting <laughs> uh, things together in their heads or ideas together in their head and they start realizing vulnerabilities. And that's where our avenue has to be mm-hmm. focused to make sure that we're ready and we will be um, to respond to what we need to respond to. Uh, but again, it is a, a very, very challenging time. I mean, if <clears throat> I go back to uh, my early days and uh, as an operator on the team and, you know, we were getting intel briefs this way back uh, when the war was still active and, you know, ISIS was going to come take elementary right, schools, right? right? Or we're going to come take um, junior highs, right? And and they were just, by that single move, they were going to dismantle the country. 
uh, and shut it down. And you kind of <clears throat> already saw a little bit of this occurring when we simply say schools are out. I mean, thank God our kids are safe, but in this measure, you effectively did the same thing. Get them out of the schools, keep somebody home. Now we have unemployment. I mean, we can't even file for unemployment in Colorado. There's a messy process yeah. right now, which I'm sure it is in every state. So I just think it's a matter of time as we keep ticking by here, we can't be ignorant to the obvious and we have to prepare and plan um, and <clears throat> try to communicate as best we can effectively as we can with our local communities to do the best we can and get resourceful and coordinate uh, and help where we can help. You know, I know our agency is turning away uh, grant funding and or um, donations, things that were coming in for events and turning them back around the community and trying to provide for those that are struggling or trying to drive money somewhere mm. else um, to try to help in these trying times. And um, I think that's important for our local governments, which <clears throat> they are meeting on the regular, obviously, you see, as we're sure. talking here, uh, briefing each other on how we're going to help as a state. Uh, but again, these are fearful, unprecedented times. I think it's um, pressing that we keep our community in, in the know as much as we can and not uh, spread fear. How? Because uh, fear, I think, is well, what the issue well, is. Dude, 100%. I mean, the other day I did my, you know, we talked about uncertainty, fear, trust, freedom, right? That's the, that was, yeah. Yes. And that is, <laughs> I mean, that's Merry Christmas, right? I mean, that's because uh, mm -hmm. that is it. One, we're dealing in a highly uncertain environment. Uh, we don't have a lot of control over what occurs yep. next. Uh, we don't have control over how long, how deep, how much, how far, uh, how widespread this gets. And even just in the state of cautionary, you know, moves, right? Uh, we don't know how mm -hmm. long we're going to be isolated, isolated from each other, uh, stuck in the house with each other. Uh, you know, all that stuff goes yep. into play. Fear will begin to to chunk in because in that state of uncertainty, right, we start projecting forward. We start to deal with what ifs, what about this, what about that, uh, you know, and then we start. And yep. then I think when you, we see trust begin to break down in our resources, in our, you know, government and in our, you know, people that are there to provide for us or protect for us, that's where <clears throat> that's where we start to really go down this pipeline. And that's where I think, you know, we as a community from a first responder standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, you know, really need to kind of step outside the, I would say the general issues and look deeper into the human issues, right? I mean, I don't know how, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how the workforce is going right now for you, but are you doing any training or any conversations around, listen, you know, you need to, as a, as a law enforcement officer now, I would assume, or if I was teaching, I would say, listen, you know, if there's anything you put on besides your vest in the morning, it's your empathy, right? You need to be carrying, you know, yep. empathy needs to be in the car with you at all times because you're dealing with people who are under duress, basically, you know, while they may not even seem like it yet, they yep. are. Um, and, you know, so are you, how is, how's the force doing? Like how, what are you as a leader here? Um, you know, what are you communicating out? How are you working with your, with your people now? What kind of mindset, what kind of focal point are you trying to get them into? What, what's going on there? Well, my hope is, I guess we're not <clears throat> uh, too drastically different than those across the country. I think you absolutely hit on the head. We're looking at our services that we provide and what do we need to be providing and what do we need not to be providing um, and being patient, like you said, 
do I actually need to be out there monitoring stop signs and pissing people off? Probably not the best time to be doing mm-hmm. it, right? Um, do I need to make sure I'm being community, like I said, trying to be more community oriented and make sure we have services set up. And, um, you know, I think you saw it here with the pooling of resources with our restaurant industry and uh, these drive up abilities to get certain things. And um, I mean, overnight you saw a boom and whether it was everything from uh, your food to your gym mm-hmm. equipment to your um, just that personal need, I need to be there. Uh, all of our services had to get super creative. And I think Ironically, out of all this, I think we're going to see some <clears throat> efficiencies come that we've never yeah. seen before and trying to show how we, you know, trying to show how we can survive as human beings. But then also, even in the police department, trying to see like, man, what services are we providing? We were used to providing it this way, but look how effective it was when we had to, you know what I mean? To get ripped the bandaid off, you had mm-hmm. to deal with it. Um, now, this is what it looks like. So virtually, I guess, to your point, um, <clears throat> we had this conversation today at our at our uh, daily staff was. How do we communicate? Because we are virtually um, people are working from home that can, mm-hmm. right? So we have remote um, individuals have never done it before, systems have never been in place before, uh, and this is all over the county. And how do we keep constant communication even with our own employees right. so that they're in the know and they're not panicking? So when they respond out there, they have the best knowledge. So we do. So we have um, <clears throat> a lot of stuff we're doing is, you know, our Zoom conferencing or we have face-to-face interactions the best we can over that. Um, we have limited our staffing to needed personnel only. Uh, we limit our productivity on the street to needs only. We support all of our frontline services, whether it's our fire EMS, and uh, we have different protocols now in place, which I think is kind of, uh, for the first time in my career, we're being staged by hmm. medical, when we usually stage medical to come right. into our scene, right? Uh, yeah, now we're, now we're getting a, you guys stage and we'll handle this first and make sure you're not the blue canary running in anymore. And um, you we'll let you know. Doesn't mean safe, you can right? solve every emergency. I've been telling you cops for, that for 30 years and they're finally listening. <laughs> That's what I said. I think out of this, out of this is going to breed, you know, yeah. it's great. Out of this is going to breed those conversations, right? I think yeah. that's what it is, is that I'm not the macho guy with the badge and the gun anymore. We're having, oh, it's in my face now. Um, and everything, you'll love it, everything from your PPE. I mean, that's thing we're hounding on people from the jump is making sure you're wearing the right stuff. And, and when this first broke, um, not to make light of the situation, but literally my door is knocking down with, what do I wear? How do I handle this? What am I supposed to do? And, and really, you're telling people like, well, aren't you using universal precautions anyways? Like on your, on your everyday job you're going out there with? And really, because this is um, nothing you're not going to get in a big suit over unless, right. you know, there's a full-blown exposure mm-hmm. to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, literally within the early days of this was, I mean, in your Tevex suit and gas mask, it was like, we go on patrol like that and wear it all day long. We just didn't have enough information, yeah. right? And so I think just feeding the right, correct information and making sure people know. And then, <clears throat> again, I can't get enough back to educating the public, whether that's the stay at home, whether you believe it or not, is beyond the point. It is what it is. You got to just deal with it. And we need more people to abide by what's being told. And so uh, even within our our ranks, you saw that where you had some chiefs and sheriffs that were very, I don't even know if this is real or not. And then all the way down to those that wanted to immediately react just to try to get right. ahead of it. But you look at the generational times and you're talking about when you walk into very senior leadership, um, I, I'm sure you can imagine your organizations you've been involved with, even the military when you ran is like, hey, I'm sending everybody home. They're going to work from home. That was a struggle for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> how does, how do, 
you know, just, just generationally mm-hmm. speaking of, you know, we're, we're used to being visible. I need to see you for 40 mm-hmm. hours a week or more. I need to, you know, and then to say, you're going to go sit at home. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very unprecedented right now. And it's a, uh, it, it's exciting to kind of go through. Uh, it's historic. I said this in command the other day. I said, you know, it's, um, an honor to go through this with, with people and be in a historic venture right now, but it's, um, a huge, massive learning curve. And my hope is in the end, uh, we learn from this uh, very effectively, and then we have much better places uh, measures put in place for going to the future. Yeah, and I think there's, uh, and I think there's. So I'm going to dive into my world for a second. I'm going to, I'm going to creep over into kind of the human behavior yeah. aspect of this for a minute because I think there are some th- big lessons that I hope will be, uh, that I hope will emerge out of this. You know, it's interesting. It's been interesting to watch kind of the behavior patterns lately of people. I feel like uh, spirits in general are still very high, which is great. Um, I still feel like there's a level of kindness and caring and generosity amongst the community today. Um, you know, and so I'm going to speak from Joe citizen now, cause that's what I get to be, uh, you know, and I'd like you to kind of share this back with me, like what you're seeing from a law enforcement perspective. So I'm, I am seeing a, a lot of that take sure. place. Um, I, you know, the incidents of kind of, you know, me focused, you know, single focus stuff, uh, hoarding and things. I, I, I'm not seeing a ton of that right now. Uh, the interactions I've had going to the grocery store, doing whatever, been very pleasant. So, you know, we did a whole, whole line of like, buy your coffee for the person behind you at Starbucks the other day, which was kind of cool. Right. Um, so, you yeah, know, I am seeing that go on. I also know there's going to be an endpoint to that more than likely. Uh, you know, but within the, within the department, you know, do you, are you setting in resiliency plans? Are you setting in now kind of like, you know, we have our normal stuff, but now are we really elevating the care and attention and, you know, mental resources, uh, not just outside the physical stuff, but like the behavioral resources for the force or those are those coming forward? Are you looking at those, uh, you know, keeping people in their job on the street, on the squad car, you know, protecting the citizens, doing what needs to be done? How is that going? Yeah, I think that's yeah. the ever evolving uh, plan that we're constantly working off of, right? And our strategy is the, like mm-hmm. you said, it's new and it's just getting there. I mean, we um, just drastically changed their shifts around um, this week. And so, I mean, they're working on a new modified schedule yeah. they haven't worked before. So I'm sure that's going to have just in itself so. some dilemmas as we move forward. Um, exactly. So, yeah, it's that constant um, checks and balances and then mm-hmm. learning from others too. I mean, you try to figure out what your strategy might be unique to your own agency, but then learning, um, you know, so can my support staff support the road staff um, and vice versa? And do we give time on off periods? Do we, acknowledge family yep. services. Um, we do a lot of <clears throat> unique things at our agency. We have a lot of the spouses are involved anyways with a lot of activities that we have. We have groups that we work with. And so we keep information flowing and resources, but you're hearing, I love to have people in my house, but then I also don't right. want to have exposure, right? So you're trying to figure out the balance between a community effort there versus running into additional exposure. Um, but yeah, the mental drain that we're seeing in the daily check-ins i think are super critical like i said whether it's face-to-face if you can in our distances it's, it's kind of ironic we don't even 
uh, brief in the same room anymore. We don't eat in the same room anymore. We have different, larger, big, larger rooms. We eat, you know, kind of spread everybody out. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, but it still keeps that personal touch, I think. And that's where, uh, even from our, our executive level down is how do we keep that influence there and acknowledge we're all going through this together at various different levels. And then how much stress can we endure for how long can we endure this, mm-hmm. uh, and move on? I mean, there was a, <clears throat> even something that came up this, this, this week for me was I lost a key asset and I had to reach out to, uh, another organization that's around us to fill in because I had people out sick in this different area. And even putting, realizing that that resource has always been there, like, let me just call them, they'll bring me somebody. Well, then they're going, <laughs> yeah. oh, hang on a second. Let me check my staff level. What yeah. can I do here or there, right? So even when we talk about if it gets to a point where um, if we have to start dealing with disruption and going to the grocery store, like you said, because maybe we're limited to only five hours a day we can go to the grocery store. We have thousands of people standing in line, yeah. patients, right? Um, how do we deal with them? How do you deal with major crime or people sick and ill? It is truly um, just that constant measure of, hey, what's our mission? What's our expectation? Why are we here? Uh, and supporting them to make sure they're doing the right things when they're out there. All right, we're going to take a quick break to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Brute Force Training. When you're ready to be in the physical condition necessary to meet the rigors, demands, and expectations of your profession, then check out the team over at BruteForceTraining.com and pick up their gear. I promise you, it will put you in the condition you need to be in for this moment and the next. You can use the discount code OPMINDSET, that's OP Mindset, and the team will take a little bit off the top for you. Now, always remember, train accordingly. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sending out notes this week to all the departments and everybody from the foundation standpoint, from the Operation Mindset Foundation, and basically going, okay, listen, if we need to do, like, we're an open resource right now. Uh, you know, if we need to do online trainings, online webinars, uh, briefings, uh, call, structures you know what i mean yeah. um we need to set up pri- private coaching lines mm-hmm. or counseling lines or whatever else like that's one of the things that we're really taking on this week is to say how do we from the foundational standpoint support the mental physical emotional health right of our responders in ways that we may not have thought before sure. to do right um you know mm-hmm. because it is this is the essence of it it's the ability to do your job it's the ability to take care of your family and, you know, the longer we see these things go on, you know, if we're not ahead of the power curve when it comes to our force, right, our, our response force, those that are serving us yep. um, and making that a priority, you know, because they're people too. I mean, they're, they, they're, op- they're, they're operating yes. with the same limitations as everyone else. It's not like you got a free pass, you know, out of this, you know, that, uh, that you're right. good. Somehow you live in a bubble and you're not impacted by everything else going on around the world. You're just as impacted. Plus now you have to not only deal with, you know, all your, all the regular stuff that's going on, that's still going on. Talked to my buddy in Chicago the other day. He's like, you know, down in certain areas of the city, they don't even know there's a pandemic going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're still sharing, sharing cigarettes and hanging out and, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't, isn't impacting sales of certain goods, uh, per se, uh, you know, so not only do you have exactly. the, the normal mm-hmm. course of work to deal with, uh, which you now have to deal with differently, you now have, you know, all the additional stuff. So yeah, man, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be a, 
an interesting challenge. And I like what you said earlier, where when you emerge on the, on the flip side of this thing, what, how can I restructure, right? What are the efficiencies? What are the things that we need to do and how do we, how do we deal with stuff? And I think, you know, in our conversation, I'm going to tip back to it because the more we're talking, the more it really sits with me. I think that the best thing, especially from a law enforcement standpoint, because you're, I feel like you're a little bit more frontline than the fire service guys. Sorry, sorry, just bear with me. I know some of you are out there like going, no, screw you, Jeff. I'm a fireman, so I can say this, but I feel like you're more, you're closer <laughs> to the population on a regular, more consistent basis because you're out there, right? You're patrolling, you're on the streets, yeah. you're out in, engaging differently. Yeah, I mean, that, that, well, I think what's ironic about this, Jeff, is that really we're becoming kind of a yeah. fire service uh, in the <laughs> reactive yeah. response, I guess I would say, right? I mean, it's the uh, the bell goes off and we're kind of going right now. And it's one of those things that, yeah, they might be out there, but think about it. We're, um, you know, and, and I'm highly supportive of the fire service yeah, too. I totally. did that for a little while as well. Uh, it, it's just a, uh, it is unique times. When, we're, when you're telling a cop they can drive around, but you're really just driving around, you know, you're not out yeah. there looking and doing, um, unless it's absolutely egregious, um, and getting to the point where, where you're talking about, you're absolutely right. None of us are out of this and we're depleting resources down to percentages. Um, even myself, even the chief of police or the sheriff, whoever mm-hmm. it is, is going to be on the street yeah. at some point. Right. And so you look at those scary measures of none of us are out of this realm. It just depends on how much of it gets taken down by either sickness, um, fatigue, mm-hmm. rotation, however we have this built. And we all have our allocations built for staffing where we reach this measure, then we enact this level of plan um, all the way through our strategy. And yeah, we have it literally built to the truly bare bones minimum number it would take to be efficient as an agency before you call in another agency yeah. to even help you, right? But at, at that point, everybody's going to be depleted down. So um, yeah, we're back in those times where <clears throat> this one kind of reminds me of uh, and all of you guys out there are very good at event planning and thinking ahead can lean on it, but it's kind of like for us mm. pre-Columbine, right? You know, it's like trying to think of, oh, maybe somebody will someday hurt somebody in a mass right. incident, right? Or a shooting incident. And in and here, it was like, well, it's never going to happen in Colorado. It's never going to happen where we're at, you know, and then it lands right in the um, our backyard, of course. Well, look at how that single effort mm-hmm. and the Hollywood bank robbery really shifted law enforcement, right? <clears throat> and so I think this might be one of those modes where, too, we have another incident that happens that we've yeah it could happen could happen well it's happening and then it causes us to then shift and learn so it's not the abnormal anymore or the far-fetched kind of dreamland um those who are skilled at looking that far ahead are always better prepared kind of like watching that doomsday doomsday preppers right or whatever they're calling it. it's like one of those things where i'm sure <clears throat> there's plenty of them out there that are laughing totally. and having a fun time right now understanding that they get to they were so far planned ahead and yep. those of us that weren't right um but in our world is trying to be realistic with that. And where does funding come? Where does, you know, the initiatives come in to, to really run these models? And I think um, here to try to try to draw some good out of this is the, uh, again, where can we be more efficient? What can we learn from? How can we get better? And I think that's just, we're going to learn through this process as it goes, as we have already to this point. Um, yeah. How just to are get you better. working through, how are you, so this would be a natural challenge, I would think, right? Especially from a law enforcement standpoint. So how do you balance the worst case scenario with the high empathetic, you know, 
there's a medical crisis basically is what this is right uh they that that can mm -hmm. that it's the things around it that can devolve into a you know a variety of other things how do you how are you finding especially at a leadership level balancing kind of the planning for what could and being available to what is now does that make sense to you like uh yeah sure um <laughs> for me it's yeah. kind of like prioritization i guess it's one of those things when i have time and ample time i'm yeah. trying to game plan um especially with the tactical response that i'm trying to i mean i just ran our emergency plan and still doing that and it's an ever-evolving day to day and then i wish i was the highest powers of be to enact things it's sure. easier right sometimes but <laughs> sure. i'm not so i have to get that up the chain of command and make sure everybody you know everybody buys Dude, if i was in charge it, I mean, it would be so while you have some role easy, action, right? still, right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying easy this is yeah. something freaking yeah. that's i mean it has truly taken my mindset of not getting lost and to what you said you know got to see beyond what's right in front of us and try not to stay focused on this thing and Literally, I brought the school. I mean, we're at a command level. This is, you know, <clears throat> all the big wigs, and they're talking about this virus, virus. And the first thing I'm worried about is this is two weeks ago. Hey, Monday morning, the schools are closed. Yeah. Did you guys even think about that? And the minute I said that in a room, the whole the whole environment shifted to, whoa, that's right. Our staff's gonna be impacted. So let alone the virus not getting here. It's what's really happening on facts that are occurring on the street or what decisions are being made. And so, I mean. When they shut down, even things as uh, as small down as the personal services, you know, on Friday, like you can't have your mm -hmm. nail salons or hair salons. We're dealing with that. Well, they're still up and running. We're still dealing with grocery, you know, different issues that are coming up there, and it's real. And then when these orders are put in place, <clears throat> who has the authority to enforce them? Where do we stand? Who has the support of that? Is it the local community up to the governor's office? Where's this run through? And it's causing all kinds of communications that. You really don't see unless it's the big natural disaster kind of element, big EOC involved, you know, issues. You have these high level people that are in rooms together that are now forced to make decisions. And I think that's where every day I'd love to tell you, I mean, the plans we had in place, we had a broad plan and it just gets narrower and narrower and yeah. narrower every single day. We're making modifications to it every hey, day. Man, if it's plan, not on no the plan hour, survive you know? first contact with the enemy. That's the way it goes, right? You know, we yeah, we used to say first, exactly. first jump out of the plane is always the plan. Three minutes out, doors open, paper, gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, now exit the aircraft and go exactly. do your job. Yep. So I think this is, you know, and this is one of these, this is one of these unique yeah. times. And we talk about like in the coursework where it's like the balance between the presence, like what's actually taking place, what are the conditions and allowing that to drive your actions, mm -hmm. but then also being able to step back and plan, you know, the options. And, and plan out a little bit and play the what if, what could, how about, you know, game going forward so that, you know, you're not cut off guard. So nothing's unexpected. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious of something. Sure. And I, I don't know if you can answer this or not. Uh, and okay. you can't, it's fine. But <laughs> uh, are you seeing like this week, right? So what are we now? Two weeks into this roughly about here in the, in the area, in the area? Roughly. Yep. Are you seeing, are you seeing yep. a decline in any of the, I would say, run of the mill crime stuff? Are you seeing uh, some of that wane a little bit during this time, given everything that's gone on? Are you seeing a drop in certain things? 
that may be freeing up resources in other areas. How are, how's the population responding? That's a great question. I think, um, again, it would be unique to the sure local jurisdiction or the economy that you're in. I think everybody kind of felt a natural maybe pause or a slower kind of decline. And then you got people at home, right? So let's just use this for example. So I think we might see a little dip in general routine calls for service for a little while. Um, Starts until domestics. <laughs> right. I'm tired of my spouse, yeah. right? And I decide yeah. to get a domestic. Yeah. Um, right. Or uh, until, you know, I have a mental episode and I'm at home and now I have to deal with a response there uh, again until just kind of enough time takes by. So right now it's kind of all well, the gunfight. Um, it's almost yeah. like a hold you got, your breath. You got moment. Little, yeah. You got a little yeah, the gunfight. Hold your breath moment. Like, yeah. let me see what's kind of happening. Yeah. You know, it's the. Plus, you're getting, I mean, I don't want to dive in the social media world, but then you're getting all the everything from, you know, here comes the National Guard all the way down to they're not doing anything to, you know, all this propaganda that's out there that's not even supported by any factual basis. And so you have all these reactions that are happening all over. I mean, just trying to get factual information in the law enforcement world is is a challenge. Like we're trying to um, trying to figure out what is truly out there when it's occurring live enough so that we can be effective to respond to it. And so, um, yeah, I think for your, you're seeing the, <clears throat> maybe the police contact go down, I would say, right. Oh, Cause we're way. trying to limit yep. overall exposures yep. unless they're absolutely necessary. Right. Um, so I think that's going to, that's going to drive some things to decrease. Uh, but again, as the more we're restricted to our environments, if we ever truly get put on a true lockdown, you're in your house. <laughs> you know, you're quarantined, or you're isolated in your house for X period of time. I yeah, that's where that'll it's just be a tipping grow. point. And I then, think it. Um, yeah, I'm, it's yeah. We were talking about that the yeah. other day. Just going, yeah, you know, no different. One than, thing to, for me to say, hey, I'm going to self quarantine. I'm going to sit down. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to limit my space. I'm going to limit my travel, which you've totally done. Uh, I didn't go to San Diego last week like I was supposed to. Um, you know, all those things. That's right. one thing, right? And it's one, and I can. And even the orders, like the order that just yep. came out, same thing in California, uh, you know, in, in New York, it's like, okay, we're asking you to stay home. We're, yes, we're putting an order in place. Don't go, you know, anywhere besides grocery store to the bank, get gas, right? Critical things that you need to function. Uh, yes, you can still be outside. You know, yes, right. you can. We went for a bike ride the other day. It was nice. It was nice to see people riding bikes and out, you know, mm-hmm. and exercising outside and doing things and walking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's like, it's like dogs are, dogs are in heaven right now. They're getting more walks than they could, you know, but they got their owner around and they're getting more walks than they've ever gotten in their entire lives. Uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's one thing. Yeah. But then when it becomes imposed, when it becomes okay, you know what I mean? Like you were talking about earlier, grocery stores yeah. will only be open from this time to this time with this group, or you've got to start sectioning off the cities or the environments and going, okay, quadrant A can go to the grocery store between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. You know what I mean? Like that's where that's going to apply tension, yep. right, to the environment. And I think that's incumbent. Yeah. I'm going to go back, jump back a little bit. That's where we in the community need to step up our game in terms of a greater level of understanding, greater level of compassion. You know what I mean? We got to bring that calm to chaos like that, that, that concept. That's got to get ratcheted up right now in a massive way because you we've seen this before from anywhere, fire service, law enforcement, military. If we don't remain, if we're not the if we're not the anchor of calm in these moments, 
as a force, then we are the chaos, right? Then we're actually the chaos that that is created. Yep. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm, you know, really hitting in any of the programming that we're doing these days, you know, out to the departments. It's like you, whatever you need to do, if you need to meditate, if you need to breathing exercises, all these things we've talked about for so long that you blow off. It's like, these are the, these are the vehicles that enable you to be that calm in the chaos, right? If you're, it's a different game. You got to really got to mm -hmm. put your big boy pants on and come ready for people to be agitated, irritated, upset, angry at you, right? Because you're going to be the face of it. Yep. Yeah. At a new level. Yeah. I mean, this at a whole is, I mean, new it's level. A, whole, this, this is a whole different, like, like, <clears throat> yeah. Like you said, there, uh, the rationalization of everybody's mm -hmm. under stress at this point, and everybody's under the fear of the unknown, and it's just heightened. Everything is heightened, and it's at a, a new level that's not the yeah. norm, I guess I would say, uh, for the law enforcement officer or, or first responders to run into as well. I mean, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I feel for anybody right now <clears throat> in the first responder world, hospitals, everything that's got to deal with the mm -hmm. panic that comes, right, and what we're dealing with and the anger and the frustration. I mean, I got people literally at home yeah. that can't get tested, right? And and there's a whole onslaught of people that can't get tested and they're angry and frustrated and what does that do? And uh so again, I think it's just yeah. boiling points. And so we <clears throat> we're okay for right now until we reach that point of like I said, something just pops off. And my fear honestly is when is opportunists and then we're seeing mm -hmm. copycat and we're seeing yeah. kind of what's occurring right so if we watch coast to coast and if people start seeing if there's big disruptions the panic that'll hit us being where we are located in the country probably will be more of the well look what happened right. in la look what happened in new york yeah, look what happened go. in florida yeah. look what yeah. happened you know in dc that's the holy crap it's uh, we got to do it now because it's happening there and um i think that's going to be the i mean you're seeing it even with these uh with these uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> shelter in place orders, right? You waited till, oh, I got 40 million people in California now. I can do that with yep. 40 million. You know, Colorado shouldn't be that hard, right. five and a half million, right? So um, it just kind of is, is kind of ticking dominoes, I guess I would kind of say. And that's where trying to keep our head in the game and uh, making sure that we're prepared to have those things unravel. And um, again, getting back out to the community is one of those things to make sure that they understand what's occurring how we're responding, everything from literally picture this because you, I mean, you're when you're on that fire truck right now, yeah. you're not going in. <clears throat> you know, now they're sending a medic in, one medic in at a time, maybe have this, maybe have that, um, maybe two yep. medics, however it's set up with them. It's a whole different strategy just to go into a, yeah. you might have a heart attack issue, right? You know, and it's just changing everything down to, um, like I said, how much do I really want to pull this car over right now mm -hmm. for us? And what is it worth? all the way through yeah and that's a so, tough balance man i mean it it's a yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the, a difficult balance too i mean because yeah. even then it's like there's almost it's hard sometimes to ask somebody to back off their job a little bit or to make a different decision right or to account for multiple other factors so yep. you know i mean there's definitely you know in my in my world of design right well, intensity diversity complexity those are the three you know dial knobs and when those things go up i'll go up <laughs> you know, it's your fuck time. Here's your t-shirt. Um, so. Yeah. Well, you would think about this. I mean, you may want to do what you want to do and put that person in custody. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, where am I going to take them? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Where am I going to take them? 
And then I'm going to infect a whole area that has a whole jail system. I mean, you're going to, I mean, they're, I mean, everything we're doing right now from the one officer that comes in contact to the car they're in, to the, where you put them to the, everything has changed. Wow. And so, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, those are the measures that people don't think about is like, yeah, if I get somebody that's truly exposed and they truly commit a crime, I mean, what's our normal recourse? That's what, what does the community expect us to do in those normal things is, Hey, you're arrested, you go to jail. Well, that might be a simple statement, but not today's day. Not today. And so yeah. that's something we got to consider is what, yeah. And so that's changing every day. Right. And then, uh, heaven forbid, we get a big, you know, um, exposure in one of those major, um, jails or prisons mm-hmm. or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how they're, again, that's what they need to be strategizing, which they are, yep. how they're going to do with these kind of exposures as they come in there. But it really is shifting the whole face of law enforcement and, and response. And so it's, uh, again, I hope we have some answers and we're learning from all of them and trying to do the best we can. Um, but truthfully, it's, you, you want to balance with what, what is our government doing? What are we doing local as local governments mm-hmm. and trying to uh, figure out the best plan of attack we can and being transparent as much as possible. Man, I think that's the, I think that's the only answer right now, right? Is be open, right? <laughs> open to what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you've said this entire time, things are changing and, there's got to be the openness to that change. There's got to be the openness to be able to adapt to what's taking place and how it's taking place and innovation high, right? Creativity, comfort, confidence, creativity, all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's now's, now's the time. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, we weren't full of shit for right. so many years. Uh, this is, this is the way it goes. Yep. So, well, brother, uh, anything you want to say out to the community, all the, you know, law enforcement, fire service, anybody listening, anything you want to add throughout? Uh, as we wrap up. Uh, hey, I just wish everybody all the best. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to struggle is work together. Um, I, I don't think there is a dividing line between any of the first responders. We're all in this together. And I think I just want to make sure that we echo that and we support each other and share creative it- ideas, what we're doing, what worked for you and your community, um, what didn't work for you mm-hmm. in your community. How can we get legislation moving forward? How can we drive things such as the simple, hey, I got a first responder exposed. We should have legislation that allow us to get testing done and get that person uh, either positive or negative, get them back in the field so that they are responsive to our community and they can be out there to them. Yeah. And then being as transparent as we can, making sure we give people uh, open and honest, you know, PPE measures they can do for themselves, how they can better protect their families, how they can take care of their their property and sense, and just make sure that they understand that our services are going to look drastically different. I mean, the first time I had a cop respond to a house, you can imagine with wearing a mask and over their face it caused some alarm mm-hmm. right well that's the environment that we're in in now and so um people just got to understand things are changing but again i wish everybody all the best that's out there and if i can help in any way then more than happy to help anybody yeah absolutely i think we're going to be cranking up some uh some some definite moves here utilizing the facebook group utilizing every resource we can uh you know because i get cool thing for me is I get to talk to people all over the country. Right. And, uh, and I know we've got some smaller departments. Uh, I've got notes from chiefs and other smaller departments that follow us, you know, that may be 10 people, uh, you know, and so by all means, if there's anything I can do to facilitate, you know, connections and or resources, please. That's, that's why I created the foundation. That's what it's there for. It's all part of it. So we're going to, we're definitely going to be stepping up our game here, uh, in various modes of support. So, Drew, thanks for coming on, man. I know you're slammed and busy. Uh, thanks for taking the time uh, with us to have this conversation. 
Uh, I really do appreciate it, brother. Jeff, thank you so much. Absolutely an honor. Everybody stay safe. Keep your head down. All right. So thanks for tuning in today. Listen, I know everyone out there is busy, crazy, a lot going on. There's a lot to deal with right this second. Please take the time you need to set up recovery processes, transition processes, take care of yourself. If you're not good, we're not good. And that's the way it all goes. So uh, stay tuned, check the site, check the Facebook group, check the stuff coming up here uh, for resources we're going to be pouring out of the foundation. Uh, reached out to my people to get a lot of support uh, so that we can get out and get some programming out to you all, get some conversations out. And always, please do not hesitate at all to reach out. Uh, if you need some support, if you need to have a conversation, uh, we can get on a call. I'm here and available. I will make myself available completely. Send me an email, jeff at mindsetradio.com. Uh, catch me on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you want to. Uh, just know that uh, I myself will be available. The people that support us will be available. Got access to great uh, support mechanisms, psychologists, etc. Uh, whatever you need, you just let us know and we will get it out there for you. So again, before we close out the show in its normal fashion, please, please, please be safe. Take care of yourself and just keep it in your head. If you're not good, we're not good. You know, I need you to be good. I need you to be good for me and for my family. Uh, you know, you're shouldering the burden right now. So thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks for putting it out there. Please be safe. And, you know, we will talk to you again soon, my friends. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Today's show was brought to you in part by the Primed Mind app. You know, I've gotten to know Elliot Rowe over some time now, and using his app has been a huge game changer for me. It brings together a perfect set of guided meditations that really keep you in the game, whether it's sleep, performance, workouts, resiliency, or making those critical transitions between home and work. The Prime Mind app is my go-to source for putting me in the mental and emotional condition necessary to deal with whatever comes my way. Check it out at mindsetradio.com backslash primed mind. That's P-R-I-M-E-D-M-I-N-D. Download it and check out what Elliot has to offer. Remember, this podcast is only available through your continued support through donations to the Operational Mindset Foundation at opmindset.org and through your engagement with our sponsors. So stop by MindsetRadio.com for all the show notes from today's episode and show some love to all of our sponsors by visiting Mindset.com backslash sponsors. As always, feel free to drop me a note with your thoughts about today's episode or join us on Facebook in the Mindset Radio Facebook group. You could follow us on Instagram at Mindset Radio or over at Twitter at Mindset underscore radio. That's Mindset underscore radio over on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and I'm looking forward to next time. Until then, stay safe and stay operational, my friends.